that has got to go to work. Hang your ass on out of here. No! What are your names again? My name. It doesn't matter what your names are. You walk around here interrupting the rock you like you haven't seen the sun in 20 years. You like you just stepped out of Oliver Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more advice, sir? You want some advice? Here's the rock's advice. Shut your mouth. What you want, what you want. How about what the rock wants? Allow me to reintroduce myself. I am the jabroni beating, pie eating, trail blazing, eyebrow raising, talking is done, you're out of your class, no sleep till Brooklyn, the rock whips your ass. Why are you so mean? I'm just trying to be strong for my squad. And I'm trying to make it right. You want to make it right? Then when you go to Nationals, bring it. What's going on, brothers and sisters? We are live on tape, coming to you from Theater D, Row J, Seat 7. I am the Godfather, Nate Milton, and this is the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, the world's favorite pop culture and pro wrestling program dedicated to the genius of pro wrestler turned thespian, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Now playing this week, 2004's Walking Tall. I grew up in this town. People used to walk tall in this town. They wouldn't have traded the mill for a crooked casino. Stefan, we're not here to listen to civic speeches. And they wouldn't have stood around while drugs were being sold to kids. Objection. Sustained. Mr. Vaughn, you're close to being held in contempt. I was justified in what I did. And if you acquit me of these charges, then I'm going to run for sheriff. Mr. Vaughn. And if elected, I'm going to fix this town. Order. Order. So there you heard just a little bit of a, a snippet, a, a sample, a piece, a morsel from this movie, which has so many deep themes that we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about life in, in small town America and the changing socioeconomic conditions in small town America. We're going to talk about police brutality and, and, and the abuse of power that can, that can happen and the corruption found in our law enforcement and, and legal system. We're also going to talk about the, the, the role of, of women in the community and, and, and drugs in the community and, and PTSD and how we can better help our soldiers. It's, this is going to be a very deep edition of the Rocky Maivia Picture Show, folks. And nah, I'm kidding. This is just a side-scrolling beat-em-up starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and your man Damian Dark from Arrow. Uh, but we're going to have some fun with it this week. And so since every Cisco needs an Ebert, every Ebert needs a Roper, and every Blaine needs a Twan, I have a couple of special guests to help me break down this movie. So joining me in the theater this week are two very special guests. The first one, you know this gentleman not only as the editor of Paste Magazine, but he was a test subject on Keeper 2000 with Brian Mann and myself. Uh, Garrett Martin, welcome back to the program, or welcome to the program, sir. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm I'm really excited to talk about this uh, movie, I guess. <laughs> yes, it would, it would qualify as a movie, technically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also joining Garrett and myself this week, he's a friend of the program. You know this man, uh, one of the most loyal audience members uh, for not only live audio wrestling back in the day, but post-wrestling currently. Uh, you heard him on uh, Rewind Away with, with John and Wade last year. Uh, you can also currently hear him on the 2020 Twin, which is a political uh, analysis podcast uh, that is uh, on the Kings of Sport Patreon. So that's a cheap plug for that. Uh, he is the professor hailing from Los Angeles. It's Chris Ely, a.k.a. Chris from L.A. How you doing this week, brother? I'm doing great. Um, after watching this movie again last night, I'm, I'm going to have to turn on my political science cap or put <laughs> put it on for this one because there's a lot politically to unpack in this movie. There is. Like, and I think the <laughs> biggest question, we're not going to get into the movie right now, but I'm just going to lay this out there for the audience as well as uh, Garrett and Chris this week. I'm going to make the argument at some point in this podcast that The Rock is actually the villain of this picture. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to kind of find out where you guys kind of got on board with The Rock as an actor. Uh, Chris, I know you're a big fan of The Rock like, like I am as a professional wrestler, but when did you kind of jump on board with Rock as a movie star, so to speak? <clears throat> it will probably be this movie, and that's probably why it's um, so, like, I, I hold it dear. Um, the Rock is very, very green in this movie. But they surrounded him by a lot of, around a lot of good actors to kind of carry him mm. to a halfway decent performance. And then when I saw this movie, I was like, okay, The Rock is not quite there yet, but he will get there. So it was this movie because I don't think in like in Scorpion King, he really wasn't doing and, that, and even in that movie they surrounded him by good seasoned actors um but this movie right here um i think that material in the hands of anybody else i think it would i don't even think it would have made money i think it, it's mm. just the, the material itself isn't great but it was this movie that got me on board with the rock okay and what about you garrett where where did you first kind of come on in, in terms of being a fan of The Rock as a motion picture star. Uh, you know what? I I never saw this movie until today. Actually, um, <laughs> I, I liked oh, wow. Payback. I think Payback came before this, right? The walking um, Tall Payback. Yeah. No. Uh, the uh, no. The um. Maybe, was Fast, it called Payback or the faster. Rundown? Okay, see, because I, I got a little confused, uh, audience, because there is a sequel to Walking Tall. There are two sequels, in fact, yeah. one called Walking Tall, The Payback, and the other, like, Walking Tall, Lone Justice, both starring Kevin Sorbo. Okay. Now, the rundown was great. I, I saw that when it came out, and I thought, man, this guy, he's he's got a future. You know, he's he could be an action star. Um and it really wasn't until there was that really terrible sequel to Get Shorty called Be Cool, Be cool. I think. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, he shows that, like, that's, like, I think the first film where he really shows that rock charm from wrestling and full. And that was the movie where I'm like, wow, he can maybe be more than just an action star. You know, yeah, he can Be actually Cool's be... not a great movie, but he's really good in it. Yeah. Yeah. 
he's, he's definitely the best thing about it. So yeah. Uh, so that's where these gentlemen came on in, in terms of viewing The Rock uh, as a movie star. But before we go forward and talk about Walking Tall, we have to go back and see what the culture was doing back in 2004. That's right, folks. It's time for the Time Warp. All right, gentlemen, Walking Tall was released on April 2nd of 2004. And so the question I pose to both of you, do you know what song topped the Billboard singles chart that week? Garrett, we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, it's not hot in here by Nelly, is it? No, that, that's okay. a solid guess, though. Chris, do you know? I was I was gonna guess um, that <laughs> actually uh, was, um, I'm gonna say uh, it was an Eminem song maybe. Oh, um, okay, okay. Um, 2004. What was the album? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay, so Garrett went with Nelly. Chris went with Eminem. You're 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 in the right neighborhood. Uh, you know, 04 was was a big time on the Billboard charts for hip hop. Uh, Early in the year, Outkast uh, dominated with uh, Hey Ya and, and The Way You Move. But mm. they were dethroned by the current number one song in the country, which would be number one for a couple months. And that is Usher featuring Lil Jon and Ludacris. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Peace up. I, I'm from Atlanta. I should have known that. Jesus. Yeah, that song was huge when it came out. I remember being at the club and, and patrons just paying the DJ to play that crap on repeat. That was a big song. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Gary, you're, 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 our, you're our music aficionado here. Was that the peak of Little John? Was that, was that the, the, the high point for Little John? I mean, you can't really. I mean, he produced all the Yin Yang Twin stuff, right? I mean, yeah, you can't really yeah. go against that. Like, that's artistically, I think you got to say the Whisper song is mm. easily uh, his height. Although, oh, he didn't even work on that. That was Mr. Kali Park. I'm looking this up right now. Oh. Um, I would say that's definitely like the peak of Lil John as like a pop culture phenomenon. You know? Yeah, Lil John is is interesting. You know, he just kind of had that. Uh... He had that stint on The Apprentice, which was weird. Uh, then he's he uh, had the Super Bowl commercial this past year uh, with Steve Carell and Cardi B, which was another just kind of weird thing. Like, I, I don't even think of Little John as a rapper anymore. I just kind of think of him as a celebrity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the path they take, you know? I mean, like, kind of, I feel like Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg kind of, yeah. like, blaze that trail where they Flavor do everything Flav. yeah they do everything but like they don't do any of it enough to really stand out as the thing that they do so they're just mm. celebrities that's true that's true uh although i do love me some ice uh ice tea on uh law and order svu right, right. <laughs> like i think that there's a generation of people that only know him as detective finn tutuola yeah and not as the you know the psychopath walking, nightmare stalking. 
Yeah. Uh, speaking of walking, let's get into Walking Tall, fellas. This movie, like I said, was released on April 2nd of 2004. It is directed by Kevin Bray, who was famously a music video director. Uh, it was produced in conjunction with WWE Films. It was written by a bunch of people who are credited uh, with writing this picture, including Mort Briskin, who wrote the screenplay for the original Walking Tall. Uh, it stars The Rock, Johnny Knoxville, Neil McDonough, Kristen Wilson, and uh, Kobe Smolders, who we'll talk about in a, in a little bit. <laughs> right, yeah. I got, I got thoughts on that. Uh, fellas, do you know how much this movie made? Because this is something that might be surprising to, to some of our some of the folks in the audience. Um, I know it did slightly better than the budget. Um, I'm yeah, not it, it had sure. a budget of forty six million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it was. I know they gave him more movies after this one. So, <laughs> um, so I know it did something. I'll if I was going to make a guess, um. I'll say maybe just a little bit under a hundred million. Okay, okay. I, I see. I see how you living, Chris. Uh, what about you, Garrett? <laughs> okay, so it made enough to have sequels, but not yeah. enough to have sequels that went into movie theaters or that could afford The Rock. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. it, I'm gonna say between the theater box office and ancillary markets, it made just enough to keep them happy. So let's say in the theater, it made. I don't know, sixty-five million. Okay, okay. Walking Tall has a had a budget of forty-six million. The box office for Walking Tall, fifty-seven point three million dollars. Why? Hmm. Okay, cool. And it was like, what was it? An April release? Was it? Yeah, April. Uh, April second. Okay, so yeah, that's that, that. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, basically, like, yeah, they, like, I mean, continuing the casino theme, I guess they broke even. Yeah. <laughs> right. I guess. Uh, uh, but, yeah, this movie is a re... Would you, what would you call it, Garrett? A remake, a reboot, a reimagining of, of the 1973 film? It's kind of weird because it has so many scenes just taken almost beat for beat from the original, but then they also change so much of it like yeah. where he's from and everything and it's half as long as the original yeah like the original and, is over two hours and this movie is 75 minutes long and his um, name and his name isn't buford pusser which, which how do you get rid of that name that's such an I amazing no... brilliant name <laughs> yeah yeah i thought they should have kept the name chris vaughn yeah I'm a, I'm a i'm with you like I've seen the original, uh, I'm sure both of you have. I don't know about our audience, but you know it's it's an interesting piece for its time. Uh, I think Jodon Baker like is that guy. Like he is uh, Sheriff Pusser. Uh, yeah. But looking at this from the very first scene, and I don't want this to be taken as an indictment of the movie or some huge criticism, but it felt less like a blockbuster, guys, and more like a really expensive TV movie, if that makes any sense. That's the first note I have on mm. my notes for the, 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 the podcast, is that it feels like a TV movie. I thought it felt like one of those um, Billy Blanks movies from straight-to-video wow. <laughs> movies from the 90s. That's That was the vibe I got from it. 
<laughs> yeah, because we get the like the opening scene is uh, Chris Vaughn, the Rock's character. He yeah. is a what was he, Marine or Army? Uh, Special Forces, right? Special Forces. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Because he's got the uh, he's got the chain. Yeah, I don't know uh, what part of the service that's in, unfortunately, but yeah, they and never is, said. I don't think. No, I, I don't think they explicitly stated it. And if they did, I was too distracted by Johnny Knoxville to write it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so Chris is coming home, and he's just you know kind of walking through the streets of his hometown of Kitsap County, Washington, uh, yeah. which is probably like up near Daniel Bryan's neck of the woods. Yeah, and you have to remember the song that was uh, "I've Got to Run." Oh yeah, from hiding. Was that the Almond Brothers? Uh, um, yeah, the yeah. Midnight, Midnight Rider. Rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> on dusty roads to pop up in a mask. Oh man, <laughs> that's one of the things I will give this movie credit for. Like, I'll have little positives here and there because I don't want it to sound like I'm trashing the movie, but I will say. I enjoyed most of the needle drops. Like, they, they kind of worked for me. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. also, in the opening credits, when Rock is doing his walking home and stuff, listed as executive producer mm. is, a, is Keith Samples and Vince McMahon. And there's a very specific reason for that. Um, the Rock is credited in this movie as The Rock, not Dwayne Johnson. And The Rock did not own the trademark to The Rock at this point. So McMahon gets executive producer credit. Yeah, and it would I think he got credit for Scorpion King, uh, Rundown, and this one. And then I think in Be Cool, that was where the break happened with, between The Rock and Vince in, in terms of his movies. Right, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, but you mentioned his walk through these streets. Uh I, you know, he's walking tall uh, through these streets. And the one tiny uh, scene we get here, Garrett, that always makes me shake my head, is we got some random baby. Yeah. <laughs> eating an ice cream sandwich while her mother is buying, I'm assuming, crystal meth uh, yeah. in an alley. <laughs> it, it is not subtle in showing how worn down this town is. Like, he walks, every shot is like, oh, it's a pawn shop. Oh, it's a check cashing place. Oh, yeah. it's people buying drugs, like, out on the out in the open, you know. It is, uh, it really wants you to know that Kitsap County is not doing as well as it might have done in the past. Yeah, they, uh, they need somebody to make uh, Kitsap County great again, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That whole scene of him arriving, it, it reminded me of First Blood, which I watched Ooh. a couple yeah. of months ago, the first time in years. And it, it totally with the whole, oh, him getting back in town, walking through with his huge duffel bag and like not really like, you know, it, it, it really felt like it wanted to evoke the, that first Rambo movie. Yes. And, right. and so then we get the rock at the uh, lumber mill, which will become a key point of the story. And. It's closed down. He didn't know it's been closed down. Uh, it was open the last time he was home, but it's been closed down for a few years now. And the sheriff <laughs> comes and picks the rock up, and we get like some weird uh, bonding, I guess, some weird uh, relationship between the 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 two cops and the rock because they're like, "Hey, that's Chris Vaughn. He's a war hero. Don't you know this guy?" But then they're like subtly, or maybe even not so subtly, aggressive, passive aggressive towards him. Right. Yeah. So we get the sheriff's taking the rock back to his parents' house. And this is where the second 
positive for this movie comes in for me, Garrett. And that is we've got this multiracial family for The Rock. And right. far too often in his movies, like, he kind of gets whitewashed a bit. And so it was cool to see, you know, he's, he's, his dad. Is yeah. is not some random white dude, you know, and and his right. sister is biracial, and and the the kid, uh, his nephew is biracial. I, I I enjoyed that attention to detail. They don't make a big deal out of it either, you know. No. Like his mom just comes out and he gives her a hug, and it's not treated like some big reveal. There's no <laughs> musical swell or anything like that. It's just like, hey, this is what it is. Hey, can we talk about these people for a second? His family, um, Barbara Tarbuck. Um, she plays his mother. She died in 2016, I want to say. Um, she was on American Horror Story um, okay. as m- Mother Superior uh, Superior Claudia. Um, she's played a nun on Santa Barbara as well. She's actually a season. She was a seasoned actor. She graduated from uh, Lambda in uh, London, uh, the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts. Um, she was very, she's a very renowned acting teacher here in Los Angeles as well. Um, and, uh, and that was one of the things I noticed. So the pe- people that graduated from Lambda are Chiwetel Ejiofor, Kim Cattrall, Stacey Keach. So she has a good pedigree behind her. Uh, and then John Beasley, he runs a local theater um, in his hometown. And he was in The Apostle and Rudy. Uh, Kristen Wilson's in the Dr. Doolittle movies and I think a Tells from the Crypt movie. So they, again, I think they do a very good job of surrounding The Rock by people who know how to act. Mm. Um, And I think that's, that was very, those were very good early casting decisions made in The Rock's movie. And we'll talk about the rest of the cast as we move forward. But I just wanted to give them a shout real quick. Yeah, this movie, I think they try to replicate the rundown formula. Uh, they just do it with lesser known actors. Right. You know, you go from uh, Sean William Scott to Johnny Knoxville. You know, you go yeah. from Rosario Dawson to the the girl later on that plays, you know, the, the ex-girlfriend. Uh, you go from Christopher Walken yeah. to Neil McDonough. Like, these are all good actors, but they just didn't bring that same that name, but yeah. when you look at the rundown lost money and this at least broke even, that might have been a good call. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's the, because you're you're what you're trying to do is get the rocks name out there. You're not the 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 other actors in that movie are there to lift the rock up. So you don't need other names in the movie. Garrett, we go from here to my favorite scene in the entire movie. Bar none. Like it's not even a close second. We because <laughs> we're we're introduced to Johnny Knoxville, uh, who is the Rock's friend from high school that I guess you know moved to Seattle to become a singer and got into drugs and now he's back and he's clean and sober. Uh, so he takes the Rock to I guess their weekly football game. Yeah, and this and... is this is the most intense like old man dad football game I've ever seen. 
What's sad is I'm now older than I think every character in this movie in that football yeah. scene was supposed to be. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, man, it's brutal. And, uh, you know, it's like a little, the longest yard, like, in, like, yes. microcosm or something. They're just clotheslining each other. It felt like, <laughs> hey, let's get a little bit of wrestling content in here for the wrestling fans. Um, oh. When they, when they start playing uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers Higher Ground, I'm like, oh, this, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I took a note of that, too. But, and I, I love the Red Hot Chili Peppers version of Higher Ground. Uh, yeah, this scene was just way crazier than it, <laughs> than it needed to be. I don't know what the point of that was, but okay. Yeah, and it's a lot of, of again, like supposed old friends, but they're being passive-aggressive to each other. Yeah. It's like, like, nice play. Why don't you go get some pants? Thanks. <laughs> I will. Like, wait, what are we I, doing I want to know what the relationship between The Rock and Michael, or Neil McDonald was in high school. Like, did they hate each other back then, too? Was mm-hmm. he already, like, this stuck-up, like, young snot or something? Like, what's, did they go yeah. to the same school? Because weren't they both playing quarterback in this game? They were, which I don't, yeah. I, like, I don't know if The Rock, if they went to the same school. It felt like they were classmates because, there's a part later on where the ex-girlfriend slash stripper is like, uh, you know, what's Neil McDonough's character name? Jay. Oh, Jay. Jay. Uh-huh. She's yeah, like, Jay. she's like, Hamilton, uh, yeah. not the same Jay you remember. He's changed. And they never say how. Um, yeah. He, he, I, I will say this. This is probably the only negative I'll say about Jay. Um, I went to high school. I spent my or like middle school and high school in Knoxville, Tennessee. And he reminds me of one of those guys that that stays in the town and never leaves the town and he becomes a big name and important somebody in that town, but outside of that town he probably is nobody special. Yeah. Um, that's just one of the things I've noticed. I noticed about and him. So he's got like, yeah, like a, a chip on his shoulder, you know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, I'm a yeah. big man and a big fish in a small pond. Rock. Well, right. the throwaway this... line. Uh, there's a throwaway line at the football game where the Rock looks at the name of the field and he's like, "Huh? When when did that change?" And Jay's parents apparently left him money, and one of the first things he did was name the football field after himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. like you were saying with the sheriff scene, how it's this weird tension between them. Like he meets the sheriff, and immediately we're supposed to maybe think the sheriff's a bad guy or something for yeah. no reason. Yeah, that's what, what happens here. Like Jay Hamilton shows up, and it's oh, it's our old friend from high school. But immediately he's portrayed as the villain, and it doesn't really give us any reason at this point to think he's a villain. Yeah, yeah, like, he's sh- not, sh- he, he looks like a douchebag, but he doesn't do anything douchebaggy. No, know? he's yeah. just like. Hey. When'd you get back? I just back. So are you tired of being all you can be? I'm still all I can be. It's like what 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 has happened yeah. in the, in these two men's past that that gives this relationship this kind of tense dynamic? Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, I'm guessing like uh uh Hamilton Jay's team, none of those guys went to high school with them since they're all just the security guards that yeah. wind up getting gunned down later in the movie. Um <laughs> I'm going to try to give the writers credit here, Garrett. Because we do get that, again, bit of weird tension between The Rock and his ex-girlfriend where he mentions her sleeping with Jay. Oh, right. Maybe yeah. that's where all this stems from. Yeah. 
I didn't even notice that line, to be honest. So uh, that's a good point. That that would definitely explain some of that character interaction there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then but... at the end of the game, Hamilton does take that sharp heel turn when he tells his top security guy to take yes. out the Rock's injured knee. Go for the left knee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, during this scene, though, we also get another establishing character trait for uh, Chris Vaughn here when he sees his nephew in the bleachers with the kids that are smoking weed. Right, right, right. And uh, the cool. rock, like the rock through this whole movie is like a walking after school special. <laughs> a yeah. walking tall after school special. Yeah. I saw you in the bleachers smoking weed. I don't even remember what the line was, but I was... And, I was... and the nephew, like, I love the nephew's reaction because he just, like, bikes away from him. He's like, he's not, he doesn't have time for Chris Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. And why should he, man? It's like, dude, you, you're not my dad. Yeah, you're not my dad. You just got back into town. I don't even know you like that. Yeah. yeah. He was in high school in the 90s. I'm, he was probably enjoying that stuff, too, back then, you know? Right, yeah, exactly. So he's probably a hypocrite. Yep. You know him and Johnny Knoxville were smoking in the bleachers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also get the uh, the name drop because uh, I think it's Knoxville that says uh, Jay closed the 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 uh, mill, uh, the lumber mill, after he got the money from his parents, and he used it to open a casino. So we get Jay at the end of the football game inviting Chris Vaughn and his crew out to his casino, which is entitled, uh, which is named the Wild Cherry Casino. <laughs> yeah, that was nice of him. Off, invite him to the to the casino. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah. What's yeah. can we talk about the economics of that real fast? Mm. So, so he closes down the lumber mill, which is apparently the primary employer in this entire town, yeah. in order to open up a casino. <laughs> How are the people going to have money to go gamble if they don't have any jobs? And there's only so many people that can work at the casino. Yeah, yeah, it's a small casino. It's not one of those huge yeah. resorts. It's like a single-story thing. It yeah. looks like it's only security guards and strippers who work there. Yeah, and, 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 then, and then in one scene in the movie, there's another throwaway line. Knoxville mentions he lied about being part Native American or something. Yes. A rock says something about your Native American. Um, I thought only Native Americans can get this, and or own a casino, and I guess he fudged some stuff to get. Yeah, Jay said he was like one eighteenth Blackfoot. I think was the line. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, which, yeah. But it's like this town is weird because the casino is obviously the biggest thing in town, and every other business other than like I, I checked, like there's an adult video store that's still open. There's right. like a restaurant, and then everything else in the town is like boarded up. Right. They mentioned yeah. a Home Depot outside town. Yeah, Home so Depot. Maybe a... 15 miles down the road, I think he said. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. there's some suburban development that we just don't get to see. That's where all like the middle class people live. Yeah. This town doesn't even have, it's not a one horse town. I don't even think a, a horse is in this town. No, they might not have a horse, but they got strippers, Chris. Oh, uh, they got the yeah. strippers, yeah. And have. we get, and this is where, where you kind of see that this movie was directed by a music video dude, 
because the scene where The Rock and uh, his ex-girlfriend and The Rock goes into the champagne room uh, and there's champagne in the champagne room, Chris, but The Rock doesn't want champagne. Nah. He wants sex. And yeah. there's no sex in the champagne room. Uh, but there is his ex-girlfriend who he notices. Like, he's looking and trying to figure out who this girl is. And we get another good uh, song in the background. Uh, Fire. Blue Monday. Fire players. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire, yeah. That one. Mm. And The Rock. Like, again, The Rock's morality in this movie is kind of weird. Because he's willing to go to the champagne room, Garrett, but then when he realizes it's his ex-girlfriend, like, that's where he wants to take the moral stand. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like, go, oh, hey, uh, certain women are allowed to do this type of work, but not you. It's, yeah, it's not a, not, not a very good look, in my yeah. opinion, for The Rock. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he goes there, and the minute he sees it's her, it's like, all of a sudden, he wants to start passing judgment and shit. Like, you've been <laughs> gone! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You have not been around to see what this town has turned into. Yeah, and then he goes to the, what is it? He goes down to the uh, crap stable and sees the yeah. guy with the loaded dice and he blows up his spot. And then we get like a huge fight with the rock insecurity. And this is where, again, I will say, I, I understand what they're trying to make us feel with this movie. I know uh, Jay's the bad guy, but Jay does say later on, all you had to do was come talk to me and we could have worked this out. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, okay. This is a part of a problem with this film. So they want to fit in these iconic moments from the original Walking Tall, uh, stuff that actually happened in real life to Buford Pusser. And that's entirely from the first movie, which I also watched today. Mm. Uh, he goes to this casino on the outskirts of town. It wasn't PG-13, so all the strippers are not just, like, you know, wearing underwear like they are in this movie. Um, there's actually this scene where there's, like, this tight close-up on, like, a woman's uh, chest. It's really creepy anyway uh but though so the crap scene is right out of that like he sees a guy cheating at craps he breaks it up a big fight starts they hold him down and they carve up his chest and that's like this movie wanted to have that moment but it didn't really create the right atmosphere or the stakes beforehand mm -hmm. to make it have any sense uh to have it make any sense when it does happen you know it it seems to come out of nowhere and it seems to be like a huge overreaction and it does yeah. again complicate this weird relationship between him and, and Hamilton. Because it feels like the security guys are acting independent of Hamilton in this moment. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it, it, yeah, and, and it's, it, you have no reason to hate Hamilton is my problem. It's like, these guys are doing what they want to do. And even the carving them up part wasn't necessary. That was, that was too far. But like Hamilton said, hey, you, you should have came to me first with, with the loaded dice and then because you have no reason to believe that Hamilton is the reason why the dice are loaded. They don't explain right. that. At, at this point yeah. in the movie, we, we like we know Hamilton's a jerk, but we don't know he's like a villain villain yet. Yeah. And I like what he tries to make up with him. He's like, hey, I fired that guy um, um, immediately um but he didn't fire the guys that carved him up although i think i'm now realizing the carving up scene happened separately didn't it wasn't that when he came back and beat up the casino no 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 that no, was, no that was that was the same night because they left him for dead yes like, he didn't go back to beat up the casino until his nephew overdoses and he finds out the security guys were dealing uh dope 
That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, like in the original movie, it, the carving scene happens on the craps table itself after he starts the fight uh, with the dealer. Um, yeah, so Hamilton's like, yeah, well, don't worry. That dealer will never work again. But the guy that carved you up, yeah, he's still my top guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get the scene, like you, like you were saying, Garrett, where the nephew ODs on crystal meth. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, he's all right, folks. They didn't kill a kid in this movie. Uh, but The Rock goes crazy. He goes to get his gun, and his dad's like, you know, it's it's almost like the Friday scene. Like, son, don't do, don't use a gun. Back in my day, we fought with these. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you won, sometimes you lost, but you live, son. You live to fight another day. Uh, but The Rock doesn't doesn't care what his dad has to say. He grabs his shotgun, goes to the casino, uh, tears it up, and like beats up all the security guards. And then the last thing we see is he throws this uh, two by four, uh, which he brought from home through the uh, window of the VIP room. And then uh, Jay just comes out and he's like, Oh, I guess this changes our relationship. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of a, of a dick thing for the rock to do. And then even like, you know, he, he came to the rocks house, tried to make nice with the guy. Um, you know, they, you were, you were at the casino, gave you free booze. You got to go to the stripper room. We offer you up some ladies. I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to see where this dude is. Is bad, man. I think you know. Even the carved. Even after carving, getting carved up like a Christmas turkey, it's like, um, <laughs> yeah, dude. You you were in the wrong. You went in there. You wanted static. Uh, in political science, we call this confirmation bias mm. where you already are going to this place with static you already want to hate this guy so every you're only taking in the bad parts of this guy you're not seeing the nice things he's done for you you know mm. so you're mm. you, you want to you want to see this guy as evil you don't want to see anything good about this guy because you already hate the motherfucker Oh, Garrett, he think... offered him money. He like he offered yes! him rock, like an He's envelope full of money. Yep. He offered him a job. I mean, yeah, H Hamilton could have taken care of him. Do you think that this movie? I mean, this movie has a bunch of problems, in my opinion. But do you think one of the biggest problems is they didn't do enough at the beginning to establish a friendship between these two? Because like the 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 quote unquote turn in the middle of the movie where the relationship changes, like that that really didn't hit for me. I think the problem is they wanted them to have a friendship to begin with. That whole element is unnecessary. Like, if mm. he just comes home and finds out that, you know, criminal uh, elements have taken over his hometown and he wants to clean it up and they want to stop him, I feel like, I mean, that's mm. the real life story. That's the original movie. And well, they and shouldn't, you don't they get shouldn't into have tried to draw the connection between the two. Yeah. I mean, it feels like kind of like Robert McKee's screenwriting stuff where it's like, oh, the bad guy and the the good guy have to have like a relationship that like changes and becomes like a pivot. And it's like, that's unnecessary, you know? Yeah. If, if you told me that the WWE writers of today wrote this movie, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised at all. Like, cause they do the yeah. same thing with Daniel Bryan. You're supposed to Daniel Bryan on television has done nothing wrong. He tells, <laughs> right. he tells people things they're supposed to do or they should be doing. He just <laughs> says it in an asshole way. So you're supposed to hate him for that. And that, and that was a big problem I had with, with this whole 
thing with this movie is just I'm supposed to hate this guy, but I need I I needed more of a reason to hate these people, and mm. and that's just me. Well, to me, the yeah. the like the underlings, like the sheriff and the security people, are more hateable to this point than Jay. Yeah, Jay is the least hateable person in this movie, as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> even, even more than the kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the kid is a brat, but you know. Yeah, the, the kid's kid... an asshole as soon as uh, Chris shows up, you know. Yeah, Take yeah. your uncle with respect. He's a, an American hero. Yes, that's yeah. another thing. Uh, when uh, uh, Neil McDonough, when, when Jay drops the line, you know, hey, I, I know you're you're struggling with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Like, th- like, he's trying to be sensitive to the dude. Yes! Yeah. Like, he's, he's really being a nice guy. He's, he's, they're trying to give this fool a hero's welcome. And, okay, I'm, he's an asshole. I'm, I'm, okay, I, I still don't understand how that makes him an asshole. Oh, but then, fellas, we get to a scene that I don't know if this is how the legal system works. Uh, especially for people of color. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the... that's why this doesn't take place in the South. Maybe that's why they moved mm-hmm. into the North Northwest. Was so, yeah. uh, you know. That, that, yeah. That's actually a good point. Uh, yeah. We get it. We get the court scene because The Rock gets arrested, obviously, after he trashed the casino. And his lawyer, which, again, I think the lawyer's making a lot of sense, wants him to take the plea deal. And The Rock is like, no, you know, I will never admit that I'm guilty. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I want my name, and and so he fires his lawyer midway through the trial. After all these casino workers are testifying that The Rock broke up the casino, and The Rock admits to to destroying the casino, and instead of trying to argue that case, argue that point, he talks about how bad the community is now, and how Jay has has turn the community against him, man. I want to put my name in the hat to run for sheriff, which I think you have to declare that before the election, like months before. Like you right. can just can't do it like a week before. Uh, yeah. He shows the court his chest with the scars, uh, and they say that he's not guilty, and he gets to take his two-by-four back. I, I didn't know what was going on in this scene, guys. Yeah, and then the, yeah, the, just the very next scene, he's, he's sheriff. Uh, God. What the fuck, man? <laughs> oh god! Not not only is he sheriff Garrett, but he fires the entire police department. <laughs> like day one, he just walks in and fires all of them. Yeah, he fires all of them and hires his <laughs> Jesus Christ. He hires his friend who's fourteen months sober and a felon. What, what, like, what are we doing here? Like, you, you uh, watched the original again today, Garrett. Yeah. How does how does what we're seeing here with The Rock compare to the, the Jodon Baker original? It's right out of it. It's another yeah. one of those scenes where they're like, hey, this is, we're going to do it like the original, where that's what happens in the original movie. I don't know if that's actually what happened in Buford Puster's real life. It seems implausible. Yes. But yeah, no, he uh, he he definitely uh, served as his own lawyer, and he does the thing where he shows the scars, and 
and then he becomes sheriff based on that. But the, the one crucial difference here, though, again, the real life story of, of Buford Pusser, he was dealing with transparently criminal elements. Like they mm. didn't have this sort of pseudo legality that Jay Hamilton has yes. with his 118th Blackfoot, uh, you know, um, pedigree or whatever. <laughs> like these yeah. were literally just guys who had a, a legal uh, bordello and, and uh, casino like in between like right. the outskirts of the county line between like mm. the states, basically. And yeah. um, so, like, I would f- believe that the people of that town, McNary County, Tennessee at the time in like the 60s, they probably would be like, hey, what he, you know, he maybe busted up this joint, but like it's an illegal joint that's like hurting the community. We need yeah. to get rid of it. Whereas in this movie, I mean, this is like on the on the level and it's like the only thing this town has. So it seems weird that the people would be, you know, so willing to to to, to go against the casino in this trial. <laughs> It feels yeah. like, uh, Chris, you remember the scene in New Jack City where right. uh, Wesley Snipes is, his character is taken down by Ice-T. And you get like this random group of people that like before the whole community is kind of back in Nino Brown. But now we get to a point where you get these people in the community that are like, yeah, take them down. And it's like, that's the people in this courtroom because nobody had a problem with what Jay was doing before. You, you had people <laughs> leaving babies on the street and strollers and buying Crack, right? Uh, you know, you you got the adult video store. Nobody had a problem with Jay, but now because Chris is back, uh, everybody in the courtroom is rallying behind this guy. And also, I don't know if the people in this courtroom are enough. I don't know the demographics of the the voting block in in uh, this county. I don't think the people in the courtroom are enough to overturn the election and and give it to Chris Vaughn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they just skipped a whole process, uh, the whole process of him getting elected and all that stuff. And we needed a scene where he's campaigning, where, where yeah. we see him connect with with the community. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's just that courtroom scene. Um, so I guess everybody in that town was at that courtroom <laughs> scene. I, I, I saw, I didn't see one video camera in that courtroom. <laughs> so, uh, but I guess that's. You know, the word of mouth spread real, real fast. Yeah. And, and uh, they all erupt into cheers in the courtroom, except for Hamilton and his, his goons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. His, the, go- the goons are upset, but everybody else is, is happy. And, um, yeah, okay. Uh. <laughs> then our next, our next big scene, and this is where, uh, I don't know if you remember, Garrett, back on Keep It 2000, when things started to get a little too crazy with Vince Russo's booking, I would kind of come up with my own storyline to make yeah. make it make sense. This is where I started to do that with, with Walking Tall, because the next scene we get is The Rock pulls Jay over. And again, they have this little tension between them, and The Rock's like, you know, this is my town now, so you might want to watch yourself. And then Jay snatches his license back, and he's like, it's still my town, watch your back, Sheriff. And he knocks out his taillight. While this is going on, Kobe Smolders, is in the passenger seat with Jay. And so in my head, this part of the movie, because she gives him this look after Rock breaks the taillight and walks away, like that she's done with Jay too. So in my mind, this was the moment where Kobe Smolders was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to change my life. And she goes to New York where she meets up with Nick Fury. Yeah. And (laughs) joins S.H.I.E.L.D. This is... Not, you know, Walking Tall, it's a fine movie, but really, if you look at it through the lens of a Maria Hill origin story, <laughs> a prequel to the Avengers, it's so much better. Yeah. 
and and she doesn't have a name in the movie. Her her character is credited as Exotic Beauty. Yeah. So it yeah. it we totally could be Maria Hill. You know, she doesn't it's even her, have a line. Her, her exotic uh, British Columbian nature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is pre How I Met Your Mother days, pre Shield days. Yeah. Yeah. Great great performance though by Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh. The rest of this movie is kind of like we kind of know where we're going here. We got uh, the girl, the ex-girlfriend, uh, comes by Chris's house and makes up with Chris, and she ends up quitting the casino. Eventually, uh, we get the shootout. There's a shootout at the police station. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> they just show up with machine guns like some paramilitary yeah. squad, all the old sheriffs and deputies, yeah, and right. just like machine gun the hell out of the uh, out of the the police department. That was ridiculous, guys. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I, I mean, you can hate the Rock, like I know Jay hates the Rock, but he's still the sheriff. Yeah, like this is gonna right. this is gonna be news. Somebody's gonna find this out. That's my question: is where is the news in this town? <laughs> like this. For a shootout of this magnitude, this would be national news, even in the yeah. small town, like wherever the fuck they were. Um, it's just they, <laughs> like these people have just a total and complete disregard for law and order. Just shoot, shooting up the sheriff's office, which is a federal crime. Um, yeah. And well, at uh, the same time, uh, uh, holding his family captive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another federal crime. Yeah. <laughs> it just um, suddenly becomes like, oh, hey, things are relatively somewhat semi plausible. And boom, suddenly here, machine guns everywhere. And they're like invading his parents' home and holding them all hostage. And like they go from being like, yeah, kind of maybe not entirely bad guys to just straight up, no, we are murderous criminals. Yeah. Um, and you know they're murderous criminals because we get that scene with Neil McDonough walking out of the casino smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Right. He's like, yeah. all right, it's time. It's like, okay, he's the bad guy now. <laughs> I think he just says do it or something, right? Yeah, like it's, do it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Man, um, before that shootout at the uh, at the jail cell, you have one of my, uh, I wouldn't call it a favorite moment. I don't want to sound weird, but you have like an ideal PG thirteen sex scene. You yes. know? Yeah. Because uh, yeah. this movie is PG thirteen, they can't go too far with anything, and uh -huh. so like it starts and you know it's getting hot and heavy, and then it cuts, and then it's the next morning. Yeah, 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 and they're playing uh, Blue Monday in the background. I don't know who's yeah. singing that version of Blue Monday, but it's it's a good version. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it sounds like uh, it's like a slow version with like a woman singing, and it's like a total precursor to those like that fad the last few years of yeah. trailers with smoky voiced women singing slow versions of old pop songs. Yep, right. Um, it's kind of what it felt like to me. I made that note here. So yeah, yeah. and this was a this was this was a favorite scene for me, Garrett. Uh, because one of the things I've noticed watching The Rock over the length and breadth of his career is he rarely gets to be the sex symbol. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. a handsome dude, but he rarely gets to be the hero that gets the girl. And in this one, he actually got the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ashley Scott, man, she, especially during this time, I haven't seen her in anything recently, but she's she's smoking, man. I'll, I'll give her that. What, what else was she in? <clears throat> this is... This she was on, okay. So seen. she, so she, the thing I remember her from the most is the old WB series that got canceled called Birds of Prey, 
where she's playing um, Helena Wayne. They they kind of took the Birds of Prey comic and made Helena um, Batman's daughter. Um, and she was a star of that. That's what I remember her from the most. She was also in the Blame It video with uh, Jamie Foxx. <laughs> she was oh. one of the one of the um, actors in that movie and stuff. She she's done some stuff. Okay. Yeah. I I don't think after they start playing that that Blue Monday cover, I don't think she wears a shirt again. Like I think she's yeah. just like in her bra with a. <laughs> Which is just, I mean, yeah, I guess they were going for a certain audience with that right there. I mean, there's yeah, not yeah. a lot of, and we'll, we'll talk about it here in a second, there's not a lot of kind of, uh, I guess, denouement, would you say? Uh, no. At the end of this ends. movie, like, when it wraps up, it ends, yeah. yeah. And uh, one thing that the sex scene, and also the earlier scene in his house when he first takes off his shirt, I didn't realize this is so old, it's pre-The Rock shoulder tattoo. Yes. Yeah. He has the bull tattoo, but he doesn't have all the uh, the Samoan uh, business all over his shoulder. Yeah, and, they, and they, they have a couple of those shirtless scenes with The Rock where it's just him shirtless to be shirtless. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, you definitely notice the lack of tattoos. I like the what I know, watch this movie, I see the youth on this guy's face, um, and it's very, very apparent. But he's also, like, even in the football, The Rock is just ridiculously bigger than everybody else. Like, um, yeah. there's no reason he shouldn't have been able to beat all those guys up, uh, yeah. like, by himself. Uh, but, but, you know, it, it's it's uh, good to see. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's... I think this is, the, like, a good, like, points out the absurdity of wrestling is how he's bigger than everyone else in this movie but he's noticeably smaller than he was in like 98 99 and way smaller than he became like the last decade when he just became huge again like you know now he's like bigger than he ever was as a wrestler it's like compare you know fast and furious rock to walking tall rock and it's like night and day yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, he's definitely on on something. I don't, I don't know what it is, but hey, he, the, the the rock I know, Chris Vaughn, he doesn't do drugs, Chris. So yeah, take right. back that slander. <laughs> he's on uh, he's on good genes. That's what he's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, playing and banging. Uh, so we we get the shootout at the police station, which the rock obviously wins and ends up killing the sheriff, uh, the former sheriff, in the process. Uh, then Rock heads home, and his family is safe. Uh, we get his dad shooting one of the uh, one of the assailants, which I guess wraps up the dad doesn't want to use guns story arc that was so brilliantly weaved into the into the narrative. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and then the Rock, he goes like, "Yeah, why? Why did Johnny Knoxville stay? He had to stay because he got uh, shot in the leg, right?" I Johnny Knoxville is such a fucking idiot in this movie, and you're you're supposed to. This is tough. This is this is probably the toughest part of this movie was like being believing John, Johnny Knoxville could um, think his way out of an unlocked door in this movie, um, and the the fact that he's getting lucky against this criminal that's breaking into the house is. Um, is something, man. Um, 
because Johnny Knoxville was pretty worthless in this movie. His acting yeah. is worse than the rocks in this movie. Um, and uh, well, they want him to do the Sean William Scott thing from the rundown, but he it doesn't quite come off as good as no, it, it, the rundown. It, it, it really doesn't. Uh, and, jo- and Sean William Scott, for all intents and purposes, who actually did a movie with jo- Johnny Knoxville that was horrible, but um, oh, Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But but Sean William Scott <laughs> is better at that sidekick part, being that s- smarmy dude. And Johnny Knoxville is just really there. Not even really. You could barely call what he does in this movie acting. He it's it's yeah. stu- this is a textbook definition of stunt casting. Jackass was hot at the time, mm. so they put Johnny Knoxville in this movie to add a name. But he's just as green as as the Rock. He, he's yeah. not. He's not good in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, if if I, I don't know, this this town is weird. Like, are these? And and that's another thing when you talk about kind of once this movie ends, because we get uh, uh, the final showdown between Jay and Chris at the mill, which then bleeds into the forest. No pun intended. Uh, and we get Neil McDonough, who is at this point full-on cartoon supervillain, uh, yeah. versus The Rock. And uh, obviously The Rock wins, but at the end of the movie, our final scene is The Rock and Johnny Knoxville closing the casino, and the mill is back open, which I don't know what the time frame for this was, because <laughs> you just can't turn a mill back on, like... <laughs> Right. Get yeah, like where did hired? the rock get the money to reopen a mill as well? Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, did OSHA come in and, and check for safety and everything before they reopen? Yeah, and and I even the opening of a mill. Um, just if you're if you're talking about carbon footprint and stuff, I guess this wasn't <laughs> a a big deal back in the, in these days. But uh, the you sh- the the mill should have been closed down and replaced with something that was more environment environmentally sound in my opinion um mm-hmm. i mean but, Washington now you, you could replace it with the you know a marijuana farming or something mm. yeah exactly like how would some... chris vaughn feel about that <laughs> once yeah. it became legal <laughs> we gotta shut this down <laughs> like like this this movie the, the uh chris vaughn's character he he comes to back home and it just seems like he wants to be angry at everything. You know? He he comes he goes home with a little bit of an attitude. Well, was he, was Chris Vaughn's plan, Chris? Was his plan to come home and work at the mill? Yeah, it's like, dude, like get another job. Like <laughs> what, what, what's this mill? That fresh cut cedar? Like, come on. Come on. <laughs> Nobody gets that sad at a at a mill closing down. I understand it's providing jobs, but that casino seemed to be providing jobs too. He hired his fucking ex. He was like, "Okay, you you need a job. You can yeah. strip here." Did did the ex even mention if she tried to get any upward mobility in this in the in the strip club? Did she say, "Hey, I want a promotion"? Do we know this these things? All we know is she was in there stripping and she was paying her rent. Would would the shower tower be a promotion over being in a peep booth, or like how does that? Yeah. What's the hierarchy in in this uh, this casino strip club? That was club? pretty cool because I think most of the casino's budget went to the shower tower. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, the shower. Yeah, that's that's a that's a weird one with the champagne room because I don't know because I've gone like in the past when I've gone to strip clubs, there were waitresses that only waitressed and didn't strip, and then you had the 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 strippers that only stripped and didn't waitress, and then there was like a few girls that did both. There's two-way so, players. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know exactly what Ashley Scott's character, like her dynamic, but it's just, it's, it, I, I do think this job, and it's you don't even have to fi- do a this movie. You don't have to do a lot of exposition, but you need to do some. Um, and I thought that they, like, after watching this movie last night for the millionth time, <laughs> I really don't think they did a good job of making Neil McDonough the the bad guy you know like and the, like his cronies the, they're like you said uh, Nate they seem worse than him um it feels like like there was a regime change for the sake of a regime change right and I don't know yeah. like obviously you want to get rid of the drugs but I don't know if things are better for the average citizen in this town now that the rock is in charge and i guess i guess running the town through the sheriff's department like where's where's the mayor of this town in all this <laughs> yeah where's the yeah, mayor never even acknowledge it yeah where's like, the city know, council <laughs> i want to know where the mayor is i want to know where the city council is i want to know where the six o'clock news is um <laughs> i want to know where the fbi is with, <laughs> with, with all of this nonsense going on like look like I think the mayor was in that back alley uh, while her baby was sitting out in the, the, the curb uh, eating right. that ice cream. Eating that ice cream yeah. sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, and, and is this town a bigger town than like a, a Waco, Texas? Because Waco, Texas, uh, with the Branch Davidians and David Koresh, that got national attention. And Waco isn't a huge town, you know. But for the nonsense that went on here you would think it would have more of a news presence. Yeah. So what did you make of the final fight and, and how they kind of resolved this, this story, uh, Garrett? I thought it was weird that they kill every single person who works for this guy, and then they just break his leg and arrest him. Yeah. It's like, so, like, these guys are committing all these acts at this dude's uh, orders, and yet he doesn't really get punished that bad for it. Well, I mean, The Rock does tell him that their relationship has changed, so he's lost his friend, Chris. <laughs> and, and that's probably the deepest cut of, of all. Um, <laughs> not be The Rock's friend anymore. <laughs> we still going to be able to play football next week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was a fine fight. I mean, as far as movie fights go, I guess, it's like it was an okay one. It was probably the best, the best action scene in the movie. <sighs> yeah, it... It worked. Like, I think Neil McDonough's trying really hard in this movie. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's phoning. Actually, I don't think any of the actors are phoning it in. I just think the script doesn't do him a whole lot of favors. Right. Yeah, and and, and, and in this movie, you do have a lot of um, decent character actors. Not necessarily names, but people where you're like, I know this guy from that thing. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, the sheriff... uh, Michael uh, Bowen, he was in Beverly Hills Cop and Beverly Hills Cop 3, I want to say, Jackie Brown. 
Um, even the, everything, man. Yeah, he's in a uh, uh, Kill Bill. He was in Valley Girl back in the eighties. He was in yeah. Lost. Okay. I was gonna bring him up and compare him to like Cassius Ono, you know, Chris Hero wrestling mm. in NXT with right. guys who are they're trying to break in, trying to train, and it's like, oh, you're gonna get the Rockin' movies and Johnny Knoxville in movies. Get a guy like Michael Bowen that they can yeah. work with to see what an actor is actually like. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, that's actually a great comparison, uh, Garrett. And he's a, he's a he's a and he's a solid hand. And even the guy that played the dick that carved up the rock, he's in a lot of stuff as well. And he's always playing that dick character um, in in uh, in movies. So yeah. they 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 again they surround Rock with seasoned people. Why didn't they break that guy out before they shot up the police station? <laughs> like, I, wasn't he your friend? Yeah, and why is he cheering at the police station getting shot up? Uh, <laughs> like, in, like in you're a, in the police station. That's yeah, cute. you're you're in the middle of the crossfire, and you're just like, yay! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this movie is it's it's not terrible, but it's it's not great. And I think when we end things off in this town, where the Rock has come back, and finally, The Rock has come back to Kitsap. Uh, and The Rock is the sheriff. Johnny Knoxville is the deputy. They still only have two people on the police force. Uh, <laughs> his father, who I'm assuming is in his 60s at least, maybe older, has to go back to work at the lumber mill. <laughs> like, that's yeah. how it is. Uh, the casinos closed down. Like, yeah, you got rid of the drugs. Actually, you didn't even really get rid of the drugs because drugs are going to be like you can't get rid of drugs. People yeah. will always want to use, and people will find a way to to get their fix. Uh, so you might have taken down Hamilton's operation, but you didn't get rid of the drugs. So I don't know. Like I guess on the surface, this is a good thing, but he's caused a lot of chaos in in this small town. Yeah, he's a miniature version of Donald Trump. Uh, is is uh, Chris Vaughn? He 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 he's complaining about a passe job not being available anymore. Wow. He's uh he's just angry. I'm gonna bring back these factory jobs to Kitsap. We're gonna open up the lumber mills again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hiring. He's hiring his unqualified friend wow. to do a job <laughs> that he's definitely not qualified to do. Mm. Um, he uses he's a, with strippers. He's sleeping with strippers. <laughs> uses a lot of platitudes to get elected as sheriff. Like just meaningless stuff. It's yeah. <laughs> I. I feel like the only way any of this movie would actually, or any of what The Rock does in this movie would make sense, is if the sequels starred him, and if the sequels were about him building his own criminal empire on top of the one that he just tore down to take over this town, basically. You know right. what it's like, and, and spoiler alerts to anybody who hadn't seen season two of Luke Cage, but it's not coming back to Netflix, so I feel like we can spoil <laughs> it. It feels like the end of Luke Cage season two. Where he's taken down Mariah, he's taken yeah. down the gang influence in the city, but now he's in charge of the gang, and so it's like, okay, hero, you you took down the, this criminal enterprise, but now there's a vacuum, there's a void. How are you gonna fill that void? 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's like yeah. I, I know. I feel you on the Luke Cage thing because it's like you you've taken down the bad people, but you know people still gotta eat. You know, and the the town still has to function. And how is it gonna function after all this chaos? I I can't imagine everybody in that town being happy with the way you sought justice. Yeah. Is he going to go bust up that, that adult store downtown that's now? Next. That's next. <laughs> yeah, it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the morality in this movie is kind of all over the place. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, uh, if, if you're going to remake Walking Tall, I mean, first off, uh, you know, it was 31 years since the original movie. It definitely looked outdated. It was uh, very southern, not something I think a lot of people in 2004 would have been into. Um, but the real Buford Pusser's life and the adaptation of it in Walking Tall is so much more interesting and mm. fraught than this movie. I mean, like, the real Pusser, his wife was killed while he was during an assassination attempt against him, you know? Mm. I mean, yeah. he wasn't just fighting, like, a small local, like, group of thugs. He was yeah. fighting the Dixie Mafia and the State Line mob who were working with the actual, you know, like, the family or whatever's uh, up in New York. And mm. uh, he had multiple suicide attempts, um... He died mysteriously in the 70s in a single car accident that his family assumed they still believe was an assassination. Um, just a lot of like really interesting, uh, you know, mafia type stuff happening in this small town in Tennessee that this movie pretty much avoids all of that stuff. Yeah. And then also at the very beginning of the movie, um, it says inspired by mm. a true story it doesn't say based yeah. on a true story so when something isn't is based on a true story they take liberties but they try to be as true as they can to the actual events that happen when it's inspired by a true story you could just insert any kind of bullshit you want in the movie and yeah. turn it into what you want to turn it into it, and it should have said inspired by a movie based on a true story exactly <laughs> right. that's all it yeah. was yeah <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> so they basically took three scenes from the original yep. and that's like the first half of this movie and then the second half just becomes some some standard direct to video action film. Yep. Right, right. Yeah. And that, that's um, how you get to Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's uh kind of give our final thoughts on this movie, fellas. Uh we have a grading scale here on the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show. And it's a one to five scale. If you think this movie was excellent, was flawless, one of the best movies you've ever seen, that's a five out of five. That's a great one. If you thought the movie was good, but it has some minor flaws here or there that you can overlook, that's a four out of five. It's the people's champ. If a movie is kind of average, um, you know, it's got some good points here or there, but it's, you know, it doesn't really rise above the material, then it's a know your role. That's a three out of five. If it's a bad movie, but it's got some redeeming qualities, that's a two out of five. That's a jabroni joint. And if the movie is terrible, if this movie is one of the worst things you've ever had to sit through, that's a one out of five. That is a rock bottom. So, Chris, you are the, the walking tall of... Uh, I don't want to go as far as to say apologist, uh, but you're the walking tall aficionado. What do you give this movie on a scale of one to five? Okay, so this movie, um, 
I like the movie because it's just fun to watch. I watch it once a year. Um, I did it yesterday. Was my, yeah, yeah. Yesterday was my once a year, um, so I don't have to see it again for the rest of the year. Um, I would give it. Um, I'd probably give it a two. Probably a two out of five because it's it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, because it does have some redeeming quality. The Rock is a presence. Even though his acting in this movie is probably amongst his worst, I can watch this movie. It's like Arn or early Arnold Schwarzenegger movies where his acting isn't there, um, but you can kind of tell what he's ultimately growing into, like Hercules in New York or something like that. That's kind of this movie is kind of The Rock's Hercules in New York. And he, I think he does what The Rock is supposed to do. And I think this movie kind of gave Hollywood, like, okay, if we find decent material for this guy, we can make him bankable. Mm. So I, I can't, I can't give it a one, but <laughs> I, I can, I can, I, I, I can't give it. I want. I was originally coming into this talk, thought I was going to give it a three, but there's just too many. <laughs> there's just too many problems with this movie that I can't. I can't have credibility as a <laughs> learned, educated political science professor and, and give this thing a three. So I give it a two. Alright, so Chris gives it a two out of five, a jabroni joint, so, so he can maintain his educational credentials. Um, <laughs> Garrett, on a scale of one to five, where do you rank Walking Tall? I, I'd give it a two as well. Um, the Rock is charismatic, and the movie's so short. I mean, it's over like in, a, in an instant, basically, that it doesn't uh, drag on too long, and we're out. It's welcome. And there are a couple, like, there's a legitimately funny scene in there, I feel, near the end when the family's being held hostage by the thugs, and there's one bad guy left. The other ones are all dead, I think. And uh, him and Johnny Knoxville are both firing shotguns yeah. at each other, but they're both too afraid to actually stand up and aim. <laughs> so they're both just like laying <laughs> down, just like shooting up the entire living room, like destroying everything and coming nowhere near hitting each other uh, until the dad comes down and shoots the bad guy. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and uh, another thing I made a note of, because it makes no sense to me whatsoever. So he gets all carved up, uh, left for dead, and then they cut to this healing montage of him laying on a couch yes. and there are like these funny things happening around him while a soul coughing song plays. I love that song. But I, and yeah. I just thought it was a really weird choice Didn't for this fit, movie. But I love that and, song. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, two out of five. Two I will never watch it again, but I wasn't angry that I was watching it. Did you like uh, the original better than this one? Uh, for its uh, its time and place, and and for its you know greater cultural importance, yeah, I think it's better. I mean, I yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna watch that one again either. But yeah. uh, I mean, Joe Don Baker is great, and yeah, that was a weird time and culture where a dude who looked like that. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of stealing like some tweets from Ian Williams who writes about wrestling for Vice or used to. Yeah. But it's like a weird point in time where a guy who looks like that could kind of become like a sex symbol. Right. Like this. <laughs> Like yeah, just, no, you're right. You're 100% right. Dumpy, weird-looking dude. And, uh, uh -huh. and Jed on Baker's awesome. And, and that movie is just so weird and funny. It's so 70s. Yeah. Um, 
my like they walk into the casino at the beginning of the movie the very first shot is like a tight close-up of some girl's butt and like like hot pants just like shaking them back and forth yeah. um like i said he goes and sits at a bar and there's a scene where like a woman wearing a see-through top sits next to him and there are two different close-ups just on her breasts like it's just like so like i don't know so weird <laughs> like stuff you probably wouldn't see today and no. uh one last story to tell you about the original my wife told me this this morning she grew up in a small town in georgia by the tennessee line and there was a local dance studio in her town and the woman who ran it apparently had a very small role in the original walking tall mm. uh, and her entire role was um he's in a fight with some guy in like the trailers that they use for the the bordello and she's just laying there topless like everything hanging out and for that reason my wife's mom would never let her take classes at that dance studio <laughs> because she was like what kind of woman would do that <laughs> thought that was funny anyway oh, so yeah, yeah two out of five no the, the, three I, out of I... five for the original yeah, I, I was gonna say the original is much better than this version. I I, I have a the the original kind of reminds me of a of a black exploitation movie. Mm. Um, yeah. it's the the nineteen seventies. The things about the movies during that decade is even the bad the bad movies in nineteen in the nineteen seventies would be something like Walking Tall, which is not a bad movie at all. That that Walking Tall has a lot of very um uh, very obvious social commentary in it. This movie yeah. in 2004 is the two, the rock version is a piece of shit compared to the original <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Exploitation. I, that's that's a really good analysis. It's like a a Southern fried version of a black exploitation film. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I yeah Joe Don Baker's great. Like I I love him in uh Mitchell. I like I love the Mr. Science <laughs> Theater version of Mitchell as well. Oh yeah, it. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, like he's he's somebody. You're right though, Garrett. Like he could he be a star today? Probably not. In this day and age, yeah, he, he'd be a character actor. Yeah, and and that movie, Walking Tall, they, they made that thing for half a million dollars in 1973, wow. and it grossed like $25 million or something like that. I mean, that thing was a massive hit at the time. Uh, it al- also had two sequels, also with a different actor. Um, Bo Savinson took over for Joe Don Baker in the two sequels. The Kevin Sorbo of his day. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Chris and Garrett both gave this film a two out of five a jabroni joint. At first, I wanted to give this a rock bottom because I, I was <laughs> I was not feeling this, guys. Like I, I almost wanted to write a strongly worded letter to the good people at YouTube demanding my three dollars back <laughs> uh, for the purchase of this film. But there were some good moments. Like like I said, you know, I enjoyed that. You know, we had uh, The Rock in this movie, and he did have a lot of charisma. Uh, the interaction with him and Neil McDonough, even though the story didn't make any sense, I thought Neil McDonough made a good villain for The Rock in this movie. Uh, I liked the, the music choices. Uh, the family aspect was good, you know, and the fact that The Rock actually got to be a sex symbol uh, was, was good, because we don't get a lot of that in the later movies uh, that Dwayne's in. So I gave it a two out of five as well. Uh, so that's a jabroni joint for me. Uh, but we aren't the only ones who had a vote, guys. 
I uh, posted a feedback thread up at the post wrestling forums. Uh, we got one piece of feedback from uh, Brother Terry, uh, Terry Tino, who says, This is one of my favorite rock movies, a little on the short side, in my opinion. My favorite scene is when they rip apart Booth's truck looking for drugs. Great mix of action and comedy in this one. I love the show. Keep up the good work. Yeah, that wasn't a really long scene when they were tearing apart yeah. that dude's truck. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird we didn't mention that. <laughs> <laughs> it had it had no consequence to the rest of the story. It really didn't, yeah. It was it was there, you know. <laughs> it was there, exactly. In terms of the grade, the voters on the post wrestling forum, fellas, fifty-seven percent of the audience. Actually, let me go the other way. Let me go from uh lowest vote to to uh highest vote total. 14% of the audience gave this a 5 out of 5, a great one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so whoever voted this a great one, first of all, uh, thank you for listening to the show. But second of all, uh, before you go home, make sure you pick up your baby on the street with a <laughs> sandwich because yeah. you were probably on something. Oh, yeah. uh, 29% of the audience gave this a know your role. Man, I, I can see that from a nostalgia yeah. standpoint, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. If you grew up with this movie, like, yeah, I could see that. But 57% of the movie agreed, 57% of the audience agreed with Chris, Garrett, and myself and gave this a two out of five. It is a jabroni joint, and I think that is uh, the consensus on this film. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that I just watch on television to, you know, like if if I'm home and I see it on TV. I won't change the channel just because it's there, and I'm. It's I, nothing I will to, change the channel. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's it's not something that that you that you seek out, and it's like I think the memories behind this movie for a lot of people our age um, are like positive memories because it was the Rock on the Rise. So I think we attach a lot of that to this movie. So, so I, I was I'm I might be a little bit older. Was this movie like popular with like middle school kids when it came out? Like who was the audience for it when it came out? Was it just wrestling fans? Ooh, that's or... a good question. Yeah, wrestling I fans, was... fans of the original who would have been what in their forties by that time, thirties or forties? Yeah, uh... I was during this time I was about thirties, like early not early thirties, like early twenties. Um 2004, I was 23 years old. So um, it, it, I think it was probably for a lot of people my age in particular because we're just, you know, The Rock. The Rock became big in 98, and I think, you know, a lot of us yeah. latched on to him. And he was also on his way out of the WWE, and this movie kind of solidified that. Yeah. I don't know, because I really like the rundown. Like, you know, I gave it a uh, People's Champ on the last episode, but I remember at the time of the rundown, I really liked that movie. Yeah, um, yeah. But I don't think I ever had that type of affinity for this movie. Like, even in 04, like, it was cool to see The Rock, but I just, it felt like a lesser version of the rundown. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I probably like this version, the the Walking Tall, better than um, the Rundown, but um, it's 
I don't think it is better, if that makes sense. I just No, I, I can tell you, sir, it is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think the uh, – see, the, the rundown – Peter Berg has this thing with his movies that kind of get on my nerves, so I can get into a whole spiel of that. I think The Walking Tall wasn't trying to be – more than it was. I think, you know, the guy directing it, I think the movie was what it was. You either took it or you didn't. Whereas the rundown, I think, I don't know, I thought it was trying to reach ridiculous heights. And I thought The Walking Tall, I think Walking Tall and kind of knows it's not a good movie. So that's (laughs) why I can kind of, you know, get behind that movie. Whereas the rundown, I think it, thinks it's a great movie and it's an okay movie so i, I think mm. one thing with with walking tall the, the the rock version one reason that it feels like a tv movie but also one reason that it doesn't annoy me as much as i thought it would is it, it doesn't have like that hyperkinetic, hyperactive post mtv style like action movie editing mm. right. um like it it yeah. it, it, it it's not in a rush at any point during the whole film. And it's, uh, so it, it never like has that, uh, that annoying, um, feel to it, which also is what makes it feel like a TV movie, I think. Yeah. And it's nine, how long is it? 90 minutes. It's a short, short movie. And that, and that, I, I, I hit pause right when the credit started and it said I was at 75 minutes. It's a build at 86, so the credits, are, I guess, are about 10 minutes long, which seems really long <laughs> yeah. for a movie without any CGI. But my, yeah. my TV said I was at 75, 30-something when I hit pause, right when the credits started. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's the problem with bad movies a lot of the time, is that they're just way longer than they need to be. And this yeah. movie, it's, it's not a good movie, but it's, it's short, it's quick, you can watch it, determine that you like it or hate it. And move on with your life. Yeah, this is definitely a very much more muted uh, movie than Kevin Bray's previous film, which was all about the Benjamin, starring Mike Epps and Ice Cube, <laughs> which was basically like, yeah, Walking Tall yeah. is to the rundown as all about the Benjamins is to Bad Boys. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I thought it was it was it was it was okay for what it was. Like, we really didn't get a video looking scene except for the strip club uh the uh yeah. the uh, champagne room like other than that the movie just looked like anybody else could have done it not necessarily a video director yeah it had no visual flair it had no style no noticeable aesthetic mm. so that we're going to put that on our on the uh on the back cover on the next uh release of the the walking tall dvd uh the blu-ray no yeah. distinguishable video fl- aesthetic. No, no yeah. visual flair. <laughs> right, Garrett yeah. Martin, Pace Magazine. The, the 4K ultra high def re-release. <laughs> we'll have that emblazoned all over the box. We'll, we'll get a uh, commentary from Johnny Maxwell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was Walking Tall. We'll be back on the other side with our props and plugs. But before we get to that, Here's a sneak peek at what will be playing next time on the Rocky Maivia Picture Show. You know, I'm thinking, thinking, get out of the movie business. I go back to my old job. Jilly Palmer is a man you don't mess with. Is that just terrible? In a business where everybody plays it rough. 
he keeps it cool. Have a nice day. I got a movie for you. From the author and producers of Get Shorty. It's about the music biz. Gangster rappers. The Russian mafia. And the director of The Italian Job. This place is like the Wild Wild West. And it's got a girl. There always is. The singer. Whitney, on her best day, couldn't strut her stuff like you just did. Yo, Linda, I didn't dismiss you. That's my manager, Raji. <laughs> he talks like that? He thinks he's black. Fuck around it, baby. The man. Linda's quit. Who are you supposed to be? I'm sorry, Chili Palmer. I'm Linda's new manager. The record producer. Do you dance, Chili? I'm from Brooklyn. The music biz is dangerous. Oh, oh. I don't like your attitude one bit. The manager. Stop hating. Stop participating. Come on, twinkle, twinkle, baby. Twinkle, twinkle. You want to take a shot at me, kid? Do it. I'm just saying, if that's what it's going to be, it's going to be that. The bodyguard. Whoa! Scorching. Mm. Like that? I see a guy like you, and I say, he's got the look. But does he have the talent? <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> the muscle. You only have to say nothing. I already know. Don't give me no gun, man. The rap mogul. Wait, my rap. No, here we go. Good morning, guys. Hey, y'all speak to my daughter. Good, Good morning, Deshaun. This spring. Be cool. Be cool. I am cool. You're either a pimp or a limo driver. Well, we can get into some gangster ah! Everyone is looking. There's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. For the next big hit. Who are all these people trying to kill you? I'm in the music business now. It could be anybody. Be cool. Is that your car? It's the uh, Cadillac of hybrids. But what about speed? If you're important, people will wait. So there you have it, folks. Next time, we are going to be talking about Be Cool, the sequel to Get Shorty, starring John Travolta, Cedric the Entertainer, The Rock, Andre 3000 for some reason, uh, Uma Thurman, and a bunch of other people. Uh, but that is not what we are here to do now. We are here to close things up. And so I have to thank both of my guests this week. So, uh, Brother Garrett, if the listeners want to know uh, more about you, want to connect with you on social media, find out what work you got going on at Paste, where can they find you, sir? Um, hey, yeah, I'm at uh, I'm on I'm on Twitter at uh, at gr martin, um, which is one maybe two R's shorter than the Game of Thrones guy. I guess I didn't even know that when I when you I opened get, that account uh, up ten years ago. You that guy? A few times I have, um, not often. I think the the yeah no I think people are smarter than that these days. But um, <laughs> yeah, so you can find me on there and at pastemagazine.com. Um, Thank you for having me, Nate. Hey, th thank you for uh, enduring this cinem cinematic classic, sir. <laughs> no, it was fun. Chris, where can the uh, good people find you on social media? And uh, let them know about the uh, 2020 twin. Okay, yeah. So the 2020 twin, we're just um, going over the presidential candidates that are um, going into 2020, um, the Democratic presidential candidates. So check that out. Um, you can find me on all the social medias at um, Christopher Marquise Ely. That is um, Christopher with a K and two Fs, like Chris Christopherson. Um, and then uh, 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, we're we're still working out the kinks of the uh, this show, uh, Nubian Wrestling Advocates. So we're still mm. figuring that out. And so uh, so so is this uh is this a uh, announcement, an official announcement, or is this uh just something for the listeners to keep keep their ears open for? Um, I guess it's official, an official announcement because it's coming. Um, we're just like reviewing uh, the black side of wrestling uh, and talking about, you know, the influential black wrestlers, the non-influential black wrestlers and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, I want to give a quick shout out to the closing credits of um Walking Tall, the um, the, I think that was Joe Cocker. I'm feeling all right. Love that song. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, you c- c- couldn't couldn't end the show without mentioning that. So uh, and thank you again, Nate, uh, for uh, having me on. All right, no problem, brother. And uh, listeners, if you want to check out more of me, you can find me on social media. Check me out on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K at Nate Mosaic. Uh, check out the Kings of Sport podcast, which is a weekly sports podcast produced by myself and Marcus Vandenberg of Yahoo Sports. Uh, we've got a Patreon where you can not only find video editions of the Kings of Sport, but you'll also find shows like the aforementioned 20 Twin Twin with the professor, KME. Uh, let's see, anything else? Oh, yes. Uh, for those of you that may not know, I am an, an, an officially licensed insurance agent. So uh, if you are somebody that that is looking to get home insurance, auto insurance, life insurance, annuities, mutual funds, anything that that, that can benefit your financial life, holla at your boy. Um, I'm not going to guarantee my my, my price, but I will say it'll cost you less than a lap dance at the Wild Cherry. (laughs) I think I can guarantee that. So, uh, that again, thank you for listening to another edition of the Rocky Maivia Picture Show brought to you by the good folks at Post Wrestling. Sign up on the forums and, and get involved in the conversation that, that can be had there. I, again, want to thank my guest this week, Garrett Martin from Pace Magazine, and the professor, Christopher Marquis Ely. Uh, appreciate you, gentlemen. And, uh, yeah, uh, the theater is closed, as they say. So, four. Garrett, for Chris, I am the Godfather Nate Milton. This has been the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show. And remember, as always, Nubian eyes are watching. Hang your ass on out of here. No!